0: Hi, everyone. This is Jeff.
1: And this is Russ.
0: When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast.
1: Whoops-a-doodle.
0: So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium.
1: Whoops-a-doodle.
0: Thanks for listening. What's up? Welcome back to Home on the RNG. You are home. On the RNG. RNG. Yes. Uh, today's game was picked by Russ. It is one of his all-time favorites. And I don't know if we should delay any more into getting into the personal history of Lufia 2. Lufia 2.
1: Well, so that's not like a broken record. Because my personal history with Lufia 2 is that I played it as a kid. I beat it several times. I own it on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And I love it. Thank you. I got nothing.
0: This story functions as a prequel to the first Mm -hmm. game featuring the heroes who died at the very beginning of the game, and their battle to defeat the Sinestrals. The Sinestrals are attempting to prove their superiority over mankind, and our heroes are traveling the world in search of the cause of this conflict. Who are the Sinestrals? Who are the Sinestrals, Russ? What are these characters? Well, the
1: Sinestrals... Oh, God. We have semantics. Russ doesn't like how I pronounce words. Russ can eat it. So the Sinistrals are super beings, gods, they just can't say gods in a, in a Super Nintendo game from the 90s, um, from another dimension that want to take over the world. So they're basically the embodiment of evil. There are four Sinistrals, um, Goddess, Argedes, the Sinistral of Destruction, Amon, the Sinistral of Terror. Deos, the Sinistral of Chaos. I think, right? This is your (laughs) series, man. I just play it. And Arim, the Sinistral of
0: Death. Uh, And then our main heroes. Actually, I kind of like what they do with the heroes in this one. It's a rotating cast of heroes. It kind of reminded me of Final Fantasy IV in Mm -hmm. that respect, where you didn't get to pick your party, but your party changed throughout the story. And I kind of like that, except since I played the first
1: game first, I knew who my ultimate party was going right. to be. I was going to ask you about that, because playing the first game really spoils the ending of this game, because they didn't really add no anything
0: to it. But I am glad that they didn't see. wimp out on the ending of this game. Yeah, Like, th- they could have easily tried to be like, Oh, no, but it's okay. They all lived happily ever after. No, it's actually they stuck to their guns. And it's quite Um There were two other things I wanted to mention in terms of character. The, I almost was half proud of this game for a moment on not being a sexist game on female empowerment because you meet a woman named Salan, Celine? So, Salan. You, you meet a woman named Salan, which is not a good start. Or Selan. And she is the greatest warrior of her kingdom. And she joins your party because her king (laughs) wants to make sure that she has men around her to keep her safe. She is the greatest warrior, widely acknowledged as the best warrior in the kingdom. But the king is not comfortable
1: letting her go off on her own without men to protect her. I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm glad you noticed I was going to ask you when exactly you thought this game was going to be some kind of feminist. For that brief moment (laughs) when you enter that kingdom and everybody's like,
0: she's the greatest warrior. I want to grow up to be just like her. She's the best. And then you meet the king and he goes, I don't feel comfortable with you going into that cave alone. Luckily, these men here are willing to go with you to protect you. Yeah. That's very
1: true. And then all of a sudden. And And of course, like any woman. All she wants to do is get married and have a baby. I was about to bring up yeah. the surprise wedding. Like, Oh, were you shocked by the wedding? Uh,
0: normally, that's kind of not the kind of thing that happens in like the first third or, uh, of a video game. That's a conclusion or something. But no, the plot actually like takes a break for a little bit. It goes, you know what? So we've had all this adventure, but now... Two of our main
1: characters are gonna get married, they're gonna settle down for a while. Because you think while. you've saved the world, for the, that first like third of the game, you think that Gades is the only Sinistral. What's a Sinistral? And that once you defeat him, I told you what a Sinistral is, <coughs> once you defeat him, you think the world is at peace. It actually so feels very long. much like the ending of the game. It
0: does, yeah. They're, I mean, there's cinematics, they get married, they settle down, they have a kid, mm-hmm. and then the story keeps going. So it was just it was very odd to take a plot break that large, in the in a game.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of liked it. I liked it too, mm-hmm. and it made for a very touching moment because I always liked Tia, and Tia is the first person that joins Maxim, mm-hmm. the main hero. Tia is his childhood friend. She runs the weapon shop. She very clearly's hero. got a thing for him. She la- she's in love with Maxim. She's the, she's the Tifa she yes she decides to go with him even though she's this cute little girl in a little pink dress that she but she can whip it good gets her yeah she bunches up her little skirts and she runs along behind him and i loved tifa so to me when i first got to the wedding it was a little heartbreaking tia tifa. you called her tifa did i call her tifa yes. <laughs> And I love (laughs) Tifa, too,
0: so maybe I just have
1: a thing for this specific trope. For for the unrequited childhood love? because once you get to the wedding, you know, once you meet Salon, Maxim and Salon, they're both warriors. She's the greatest warrior ever, as long as there's a man to watch over her. Yes, they have a lot in common, and so after you defeat Gades, you go back. Maxim and Salon decide to get married, (coughs) and Tia, very bravely, just selflessly steps aside and leaves your party never to be seen again. And it was very sad for me. It was very emotionally troubling for a child.
0: (laughs) Because I had grown
1: close to that character.
0: Um, I didn't even include this in my notes, but there's one other moment I liked. I am a sucker for that cavalry moment in any story Mm -hmm. where a character that you thought was long since dead, or retired, or out of the fight, or you know, I can't stand you, you're never going to see me again. And then when the heroes are in their moment of, oh my god, we're going to lose, we're going to fail. That hero that you're told has been written out of the story comes swooping in to save the day. And that was, what's it, Delker? Decker. Decker. Yeah. De- Decker has a moment like that, and it's, it's, it's one of my weak points, is that particular trope. I get a little teary, I don't know why, but I have a, I have an emotional reaction
1: to the cavalry coming in, the unexpected you like the cavalry. cavalry, and I like the unrequited love, which I think says a lot about our personality. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So now we're gonna get into the heart of any RPG. The combat the system. Combat. The basic look of the combat is the same as the first game. It's a turn-based, pictographic, choice uh, combat system.
1: But they made quite a few changes. Um, The two major changes, the first change is called IP skills. Um, IP skills are attached to your equipment. So you can't always, or you don't necessarily always want to choose the equipment that gives you the best stats. Because a weaker piece of equipment could give you a good IP skill. IP skills can be anything from powered up attacks, they can be special healing abilities, they can be buffing or debuffing abilities, Um, and some of the, the, especially the accessories that you can equip can give you like really powerful attacks.
0: And the IP skills are triggered kind of like limit breaks, as you take take damage or deal damage, Mm -hmm. Your IP meter. Only take damage. Oh, it's just yeah. as you take damage, your IP meter builds, and various IP skills require a certain number of IP points. So some of them may require your your gauge to be maxed out. Some of them
1: may just require a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it really helps break up what could be construed as tedious combat, just attacking or picking spells, you know. And it provides a little strategy. It provides a level of strategy with picking your equipment that I don't really remember seeing in other RPGs. At least at well, that time. And what was the other system? And the other system is the Capsule Monsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you forget about the Capsule Monsters? No! I I have them... I had... I was going to talk about them in Innovations, but we can talk about them now. Oh! Well, it's part of the combat. So the Capsule Monsters are these weird little creatures... Pokemon. ...that you can find. They are! They are Pokemon, aren't they? they are. yeah. You can find them in various places. I mean, you keep them in capsules. They're Pokemon. You do, yes. The first one you get is called Fumi, and he's just this little pile of marshmallow fluff. Um, They fight with you in battle. They're AI-controlled. They They take a certain amount of damage, and then they leave that combat. Right. They can take a hit. They can die. Some of them don't run away, as fast as some of the others. I never had one die. Oh, really? Because I know the first one that you get, the Fumi that you get... Actually, rarely runs away. I think he did for me, anyway. But they can run away. They can just defend. They can die. Um, basically, they give you either an extra hit, or there's ones you get later on that can do um, buffs or heal you or cure status ailments. You um, can actually level them up. Uh, you can level them up a lot. You can. You have to feed them. They eat to evolve them. armor. They eat
0: uh, weapons, mm-hmm. items. Uh, they'll, they'll also have preferences. Some stuff won't give them any experience points at all. Some stuff will give them
1: a boost of experience points, if that's what they're craving at that right. moment. Right. And they all have um, four regular evolutions, and then there's a fifth master evolution. That, so they really are Pokémon. There's a fifth master evolution that you can get if you feed them a specific fruit.
0: I don't know that I ever got to the fifth evolution. Oh, did you I think that? I was feeding them the fruit
1: early. I didn't research that or anything. Yeah, was... you have to. You have to feed them the fruit. Uh, that you have to feed them a specific fruit, and also at a specific evolution level. Oh. Like some, like some of them have to be at level four evolution, but some you need them at like level two evolution. And so then they evolve to masters. You have to catch them all. You do have to catch them all, and one of them is a naked angel. So, I did not find that. Did one. You not, Some I, of them are very difficult to find. Don't worry, I got footage of me evolving the naked angel. Oh, oh, good. So. No. Oh, good. I didn't want to miss out. Be, which should be playing on your screen right now.
0: We're going to get shut down by
1: YouTube. <laughs> so uh, naked fish man. There's a lot of naked capsule monsters if that's what you're into.
0: Uh, two other things that the combat does, or two other things about the combat, I guess. Uh, it, every time you finish a battle, it tells you how many experience points each party member has left to a level up. I kind of like that. In most games, you have to talk to a specific a priest or your dad or whatever, and it'll tell you, hey, here's how, when you level up, or you check your status screen. But in this one, every time you finish a combat, it gives you just a quick flash of how close you are to leveling up. It also changed from the first game in that now spells you can make spells target one monster or all the monsters. Every spell, you can just change it. Uh, obviously targeting everybody makes it less effective, but it hits all of them. So, uh, Also, speaking of spells, you buy your spells instead of earning them or leveling up and getting them some other way, you just purchase them when you go into town, which I'm
1: kind of okay with. Yeah, I actually like that system, you can customize what you have. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about in terms no, of combat? I think that pretty much covers it. Um, Apart from naked angels catching. Naked angels. Uh, Like I said, there's also a naked fish man. Oh my. Yeah. So, next we'll move on to innovations.
0: Yay. This game made a significant, significant change when it comes to dungeons. The dungeons in this game are completely unlike, A, they're unlike the previous game. The The, previous game was just long
1: mazes that were tedious. And it's unlike... I'm having a hard time thinking of other RPGs that are like the dungeons in Lufia 2. It's more, to me, like
0: The Legend of Zelda
1: or something.
0: Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. So, first of all, you can see all the monsters in a given dungeon. They move when you move. It's a square layout, you move a square at a time, and monsters move when you move. If you just stand still and walk away from your game, monsters aren't going to move. Mm-hmm. Um, the dungeons are full of traps and puzzles. There's a lot of puzzle solving in every dungeon now.
1: So like you said, it is a lot more Legend of Zelda-like. Mm-hmm. And the puzzles can get really creative. They're not yeah. just stupid little things, either. No, some, some of them are actually are really pretty tough. The Do you want to talk about the one? notorious. Go for it. The most challenging puzzle probably in any game ever. It's in one of the last dungeons on a mountain. And you have to walk through this little maze, kind of, kind of a little maze, a grid of flowers. And the flowers start to bloom. And if they come in full bloom, then you have to start all over. So you have to use your fire arrows. <coughs> yes. To, and you have to, wa- so like, like you said, you have to everything is one square at a time so you like literally cannot make a single mistake yeah it the, starts out looking like an, walking it looks like an easy enough
0: puzzle at first it's just don't let these plants grow hit them with the fire arrows so they don't fully grow and at first it seems easy but ultimately it turns out if you make
1: one misstep one misstep you will fail this puzzle and you have over to use over again. a particular feature that I don't remember in any like top down sort of RPG except Pokemon, is that you can hold a button to make yourself turn and not Without move. moving. You can hold, I think, R yeah. or something and it makes you turn without moving and you have to use that in this puzzle so that you can destroy like multiple. I plants had to do that one, one like time. three
0: times, yeah. four times. It was crazy.
1: You can see footage of that as well.
0: God, I am um, um, I used a guy. Speaking of <laughs> the fire arrows, that you get various like Zelda, you get various items that interact in the dungeons.
1: Uh, bombs, arrows, chain hook, mm-hmm. basically. You get a hook shot, you get a ball and chain that moves heavy objects for long distances. So
0: in the dungeons, it is visible enemy battles, which is what I like. On the overworld,
1: though, it is invisible random encounters. But you do run very fast on the overworld map, Yeah, it's small. So it's not like you're going to do a lot of... And I'll say this, the,
0: the puzzles near the end aside, I thought the dungeons were pretty forgiving. Because mm-hmm. almost all of them have a free HP and MP recharging station before the end boss. So, the, the enemies are limited once you kill an enemy, it doesn't respawn unless you go to another floor. And then, you know, before the end boss, full health and magic recovery, which is, is pretty yeah. rare. Um, And then one last thing I wanted to talk about, and we'll see if Russ had anything left, is the ancient cave. If you remember in Lufia 1, there was an ancient cave that was, it was different. It was a special cave that you went back to as you leveled up, you could go further in. The ancient cave in this one is very different and a lot more interesting, I think. When you go into the ancient cave, no matter what level you're at, no matter what gear you have, you enter the cave at level one, completely stripped of all equipment and items. Most of the items and equipment that you find in the ancient cave cannot leave the ancient cave. There are a few exceptions. Those are the special tr- treats that you get for doing the ancient cave. You get really good gear that you can take out with you. Most of it, though, is only while you're in there. And if you start over again, you start over again as naked level one, <laughs> right? <coughs> so I thought it was, it's, It's like a mini-game dungeon of sorts. It is, and I
1: liked the fact that after you beat the game once, you can access the ancient cave from like a special file. Did you do that? I did not. Yeah, after you beat the game once, you unlock what's called gift mode, and you can start a new game in gift mode, and it's literally just you in that town where the ancient cave is located and you can't leave, but you can pick your own party. You can pick any of the characters. You have Maxim, and you can pick any of the characters that joins you. So I always took Decker because he's physically the strongest, and that way he doesn't necessarily need the weapon to fight and be good. So I like that. So there you go. Were there any other innovations? Did you play with the to? casino at all? Uh, very little. I, I don't. think we could kind of include that as a trope in these reviews
0: yeah we're gonna get to the point where those are
1: they certainly show up in a lot of the dragon quest games but there are casinos so if you like gambling (laughs) you can stop you can play slots you can play i think blackjack um yeah
0: i never spend much time in casinos in these games it's just because it's so random yeah so uh next comes our expert topic music music So, if you saw last time, I mentioned Lauren is unable to join us for this review or the next one. Uh, She's a very busy young lady with a lot of irons in the fire. So, uh, we miss her. We do miss her. Especially since it means we have to try and muddle through this the best we can on our own. So, Russ, was there music?
1: There was music. There was the main theme, which is one of my favorite main themes in all of just the Luffy theme in general, which Lauren would know the name of. I'm not even sure I could whistle. The it. one that she plays on the flute. Oh the the okay. I have heard her do that. One. <laughs> this is us struggling through. Um, the composer was Yasunori Shiono, who, according to the biography that I'm looking at, did not did nothing else noteworthy. Nothing else that we recognize. Nothing that we recognize, maybe some Japan only stuff. I don't really know. Um, but Mr. Shiono did a good job on this game. So, I, I like the music. I like, I mean, that, uh, for real, that main theme is one of my favorite, um, like, main themes of any game. And I li- I liked the sad music a lot. Yeah. Like, during the sad ending, I really liked that music. I have no problem with the music. Yeah. It didn't stick out
0: to me, but most music doesn't. That's just, yeah. I'm... Uh, a friend of mine came up with, I think, the most accurate term for me. I am a music agnostic. Music just
1: doesn't really seem to penetrate. Uh, I wish it did. I like Third Eye Blind, and I get made fun of that a lot for that.
0: All. Ha ha! Yeah, but I, I, so I don't, I, I
1: don't know anything. I just like what I like, but I don't know anything about music. Fair so, enough. Uh, Before Russ tells us about his Third Eye Blind fanfic,
0: <laughs> we're going to move on to final thoughts. <laughs>
1: Yay! So I liked this game. I've liked this game for many years. Um, I don't necessarily like the sexism in this game. Um, I think that Salon could have saved the world on her own, and I would kind of like to see that adventure. Um, She also could have had a baby on her own, by the way. Um, But no, seriously, overall I do like this game. I think it improves on the original in every way. It makes the dungeons more interesting and engaging. It does the same thing for the combat. Um, It has the same great quality of music, Um, and I give it an A. Um, It really is one of my favorite Super Nintendo games.
0: I think the dungeons were very interesting, very different, which I appreciated. I like it when a core mechanic of the game is something new. Because even if I don't like it, and I did like most of the dungeons, I at least appreciate the effort in doing something new. Uh, I liked how they broke up the storyline. I I also did not like the sexism. I thought it was ridiculous. (laughs) She is the greatest warrior of our time. Find some men to protect her. Okay. Uh, I will also go ahead and give it an A as much as I dislike doing two A's in a row. Uh, I, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Um, it was a definite improvement over the previous game, and I liked the previous game. So
1: so there you go. That is yeah. Lufia 2, the prequel. We have played two games in a row now that you really liked. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Glad. Okay. It's, it's, <laughs> it's certainly better than playing a horrible
0: game and suffering through... I watch enough bad movies, I don't need to watch, play a bad <laughs> video game. A bad movie takes ninety minutes of your life. What if and we throws had played it away.
1: Arcana, and I feel queasy. Yeah. What else really bad did we play? Breath of Fire One. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right in a row. I feel queasy. So if you want to play Lufia Two, you yeah. can find a Super Nintendo cartridge. Yeah. You can hunt down a Super Nintendo cartridge, or you can play a remake. It is not anything like this game, <laughs> but it is a remake of Lufia Two for the Nintendo DS. But it's nothing like. It. But it's nothing like. It has the same characters. It's an action RPG. Um, it's t- it's totally different. Look it up. I mean, so I, it's not really a remake. It's a reimagining. It's a re. Yes, that's a good way to put it. It's a reimagining. So track down Super Nintendo Card or track down a Nintendo DS card, that is a totally different game. So maybe don't do that. Well,
0: okay, so next time we can review the... Uh, yeah, the eventually remake. we can do the, yeah, we can do the Lufijian remake. <coughs> no, in fact, next time, I have picked a game for us to play that I have never played before. I have chosen for us to go on a grand adventure encompassing multiple planets. Talking cats and a true female warrior who is respected by her peers. Persona 5. I have chosen the Sailor Moon RPG. Finally. Thank you. No. Finally. I I wanted to see how that joke felt. It didn't feel good. I feel queasy. No. I have selected for us to play Fantasy Star 1. So join us for that next time.
1: is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaurproductions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at russmac 25 Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you.